You I know what you, you need holidays. I you do. Need holidays. I need a holiday. I need something. I need to get away from here. <laughs> yeah, you need you need one week in Las Vegas and uh, playing all your life, uh, betting all your life savings. Yep, I need to do that. That's what needs to happen. Oh, speaking of uh, and, betting away my life savings, I've started uh, playing and trading with options. That's another thing that's going on in my in my world. Stocks and options and puts and yeah. bullshit. You're going to be it's, a broker, going to Wall Street. Well, Get not becoming the, the next ball for Wall Street. <laughs> not at the rate I'm playing it right now. Um, so I put in $100 in Disney uh, for options. Yeah. And I'm down 50, 48 of that uh, $100 already I've lost. Oh, no. So I'm hoping they rebound because this is this is terrifying at this point. Well, like the old saying goes, buy low, sell high. But when you go and you buy stock, we were, unless we you're the buying kind of low. person, it just keeps going but lower. The, but the thing oh, is, is unless you should you're never the kind buy. Of person, you should never buy when it is low. You should always buy buy when it rises. Rises. Well, I, I that's heard what we're that trying from. to do. Yeah. Uh, right, so the right. thing is, is Disney had its uh, quarterly financial uh, statement like this past weekend, and my buddy who invested like eight hundred dollars into him before this. Uh, trying to like get hyped and get ready for like their investment because uh, not only did Black Panther do really well, but so did uh, Infinity War. So he was thinking, yeah, they're gonna be like they're gonna go shooting through the roof. No, they've they've freaking dropped in the past week. They've gone from one sixteen down to one twelve. That's a lot but of money. You have to yes, but you're not the average consumer should not be a dictator. They take the long term approach. And Disney overall is still very healthy. Yeah. So I would, I could easily see you eventually profit on that. It's just you gotta be patient. Yeah, my call doesn't expire till uh, the twenty first. So when that comes around, hopefully they'll be back up. Yeah, one day at a time. Um, for me, it's been lots of crazy fun. Uh, I hosted my Kiwi friend TC. Who is a uh, fox tar? Lots and lots of fun between the acts. Hilarious outlook of life. Come all around Chicago. And then did a Chicago River tour, which is something I love treating people to. Nice. The that sounds fun. The city's architecture was history. Uh, in addition to that, uh, we made a small road trip up to the D and went and. Which is Who's Detroit, D? Which D? Know. The big D? The D is Detroit. The, the D? D? Why? The why, D. Would you, why would you go to that D? Their marketing their marketing is literally the D. I'm not making this shit up. You go to their tourist Detroit website and the D. It's Ugh. hilarious. So I went to the D and um, we went <laughs> to the Henry Ford Museum, which is actually right next to the D in a city okay. called Dearborn. That's cool. And it's the Henry Ford Museum of American Innovation. Full name. It is absolutely fascinating. It's got a little bit of everything. It really shows how the U.S. evolved. The industrial giant day got all kinds of cars, playing. They have a they have a a village next door showing how the U.S. be in the 1920s, which is really cool because they have people actually driving model rides. It's fascinating stuff, but my favorite thing to do there is to go to the Rouge factory, and nice. you actually get to them assembling Ford F-150. 
I mean, them really. This isn't bullshit. This is the real deal. These are going dealerships, and just it is an well, yeah, absolute. Seeing, you know, the body of the pickup truck coming over your head, going down, and then here's this putting the carpet in, and here's Hercules putting in the rear window. And I mean, this dude literally looked like Hercules. He just picked up the rear window <laughs> and was just slapping it on the back of these trucks, and then drop, take off, put on another one, take off, put it on another one. And this dude is like got the muscles of the Hulk, and it's like it's nothing to because that's guy. all he He's does all this. day is just lift windows and stick them in the place. Yeah. And I thought there was more to it, but literally, he's got these two suction cup handles. He slams down on the window, picks it up, slams it, literally slams it on the back of the pickup truck cab, <laughs> releases, lets go. That's it. No, no hold it there for 10 seconds, no nothing. Just as soon as he slams it there, the <laughs> adhesive just bond. It's hilarious. Nice. And, uh, yeah, so seeing that, seeing the, um, them put the doors on and everything, and then literally, I followed a car, a truck getting made all the way to the end of the plant to see them test drive it and they make a couple thousand of these things a day it's insane but so we did that we had a bunch of tasty nom went to um the grand finale was we went back to chicago and we went to mcdonald's world headquarters and it's also in have, detroit seriously no it's in no it's in chicago oh okay. i went back to chicago okay we went to mcdonald's world headquarters and what's awesome is they have a McDonald's in the lobby, of course, but that <laughs> McDonald's in the lobby of the McDonald's quarters has food from McDonald's from around the world. So I had oh. a French-made burger, I had an Australian chicken sandwich, and we had a Brazilian chocolate dessert. And it was incredibly tasty. I really wish we had some here. Is that a Royale? Was that your Royale? <laughs> um, yes, they have had that before. The international menu rotates, but yes, they have had that before. Nice. Oh, and nice. after that, we went to um, the Museum of Broadcast Communications, and we they have this Saturday Night Live exhibit. The BCC, so we actually, as we call it here in the U.S. So the Museum of Broadcast Communications, they have, um, aside from history, they have the Saturday Night Live exhibit, and we literally got to go and stand behind the Black Jet podium and sit in the Wayne's World couch, see how they really made the show, and it's just insane. I mean, literally, as soon as the show finish, finishes, they take Sunday off, and come Monday, they are just go, 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 writing things on the fly, then they build the sets, then they have to make the costumes, and every week, they do this over and over and over again. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so doubt. So just talk about creativity. I do love how uh, the the Saturday Night Live, how like these live show sets work, is because like everything is uh, super breakdownable. Like you can move and shift walls however you want. You can rotate the entire stage usually. Like that way you can have multiple scenes. Like there, you, I don't know how Saturday Night Saturday Night Lives works, um, but there are some stages that you can go to that are a uh, rotating circle. So you have a quadrant of each represents a room. And the whole stage can rotate. Or it's like a line thing. So there's like room one, room two, room three, room four, but they're all like in a row. And then the entire like uh, the, uh, what is it? The, the seating for the audience will move along a track to be in front of that. And those are oh, really wow. cool. Yeah, they, how they do it is they bring it up in sections like a puzzle. Everything's easy to snap together and then they can tear it down and switch between scenes. 
Um, the only sets that are permanent is the main stage where you see the music performers play, and then the um, the weekly update news set, that's permanent as well. But everything else is designed to be assembled quickly, snapped together, screwed in, do the scene, take it apart, roll it out next. Even cars are brought up in pieces, like really big pieces on wheels and snapped together for the scene. I didn't know that, but that's really cool. Oh so, my. What about, what about you, Fleet? I was mostly working on art. I ha I haven't had a very uh, interesting week, to be honest. Except uh, maybe uh, the only rest I got so far was on Wednesday when we had another uh, round of Dungeons and Dragons and Birds, and then we ended up in a portal house. And now we are. I, I bet Eclipse does some escape uh, room shenanigans with us now. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, no doubt in my mind. So, Fleece, you you were telling me earlier that uh, you're working like ten hours a day on art now. Yeah, uh, and as long as it is fun, I I continue. Well, just be careful. Seriously, don't burn out because you do amazing work. And yeah, there's going to come a point where you're like, I need a break. Well, well yeah, if you do I, what you love. If you do what you love, it will never feel like work. Pace yourself correct. Yeah, it, it depends. It depends. I disagree with that, but I see where you're coming from. Because honestly, like you could do what you love, but the thing is, is it can become work and it can become not fun anymore. And that's what you want to avoid. Yeah, that, that's that's. Uh, that I, I will try to avoid that. But as long as I create things, it's it's kind of cool. You know what I mean? Like, I'm cool with creating stuff. Very imaginative sense. person, so yeah. I can understand <laughs> that. Mm -hmm. So, are we ready to do the intro? This is episode 73 of Bird.Life. I'm Kor. I'm Storm. And I'm Peck Peck. Our hearts beats pointed up with pride and we cry. Horizon ahead, wings spread out, we claim the sky. Badania, Badania, oh glory to Badania, 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 forever free. Badania, 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 oh glory to Badania, 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 forever free. Badania. To anybody, no, who's, you, to anybody who's just tuning in, flip that. If you've never heard an episode in your life before, they're faking you out. They're not being cool right now. Come on, guys. Be cool. Be cool. <laughs> oh, come on. If you haven't heard an episode before, you need to go back to episode one. Oh, hell, please, please don't do that. Please don't do that. No, don't go back to episode one. Oh, man, it was so bad back then. Episode, episode one. one. We've yeah, improved at least a little like bit since then. Work. <laughs> it's a modern it's a modern classic practically. If you want to see, you know, a piece of true history, listen to episode 1 and discover how a train wreck truly sounds. Exactly. Yes. 
There's so, lots of uhs and ums and what do we do now is and panicking. And death. And death. Yeah, we, we had a we actually started this show off with uh with four hosts, but episode yeah. one we lost Frank. Yeah. Poor Frank. Well, there's only enough room in this show for one Griffin. Rest yeah. in peace, Frank. You were a good we, guy. We still don't know we still don't know what happened to him, but he was suddenly Trust gone. Me. Trust me, I made sure we won't know what happened. Good so Lord, the topic, are you admitting to murder on a show right now? Yeah, you. The you, topic you, you, this you, week. You, you don't <laughs> admit. Uh, you, you you ruined the murder mystery. <laughs> oh oh, I I am not claiming responsibility. I'm just making sure we don't know what happened. So, what changes will the next ten years bring? Was the topic of the show this? Beakies? I think some Griffin <laughs> will end up in jail. Probably. At this point, yeah. At least one of us is going to end up in prison and it won't be me. Yeah, yeah. That's one, one out of three people uh, ends up in jail. That's a statistic I just made up, but it sounds, <laughs> le- le- it's, it sounds legit, right? Are you trying to say that Griffins deserve to be in jail? Here's the, here's the question of the hour, though. Here's the real question. Ten years from now, are we still going to be doing Bird.Life? I, I'm not sure. Maybe maybe we, we transcend it to um, virtual bird life. Like, like we have a VR show them. I think by in 10 years from now, by that point in time, bird.life will be an um, online show where we meet once again <laughs> saying shit vision or virtual reality vision. I Maybe. mean, we did talk about it before. We could try to get our bots working on Bird.life. It'd be the most like uh, esoteric podcast in the world. That, 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 that will be like we need three. Uh, we need to let three AI bots talking together that learn from <laughs> other birds. Wow! And really? We would have a hilarious show, and they mostly talking about really depressing stuff. Uh, people did that on people, for example. Um, you know those chatbots, I'm sure, like, they'll say iBots that learn. Oh, no. <laughs> and they... Sexy bird life podcasters in your area want to hook up today. <laughs> so, some people, like, two of those bots talk together, and then they are always ending up with depressive stuff. Oh, like, no. life is slow. So, that's what we can do. We can have, like, one live episode a month. And then for the other three episodes we record... We can have the bots just take old material, take our words out, and reassemble it, and make new, fresh content. It'll be the most awesome, depressing, insane exactly, show you can listen to. Exactly like how Twitter bots work. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Yes, that can be Bird.Life, episode 467. Birds discuss flappy bird things <laughs> yeah let's let's feed our past episodes to an uh, learning ai and uh, do what we do like the whole pretty event, sure that, 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 that artificial intelligence no... would immediately either kill itself or try to fly away out of confusion and then for <laughs> no reason or explanation out of out of nowhere fire alarms <laughs> every other episode <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um in all seriousness, what changes will I think the next year, ten years, will bring? And aside Flying from this, po- aside from podcasting turning into some a video, I, I think yes, I think we will see some flying cars. I really do. 
Um, I also think that I'm be happy reality... when we have automatic cars. That was actually kind of what I wanted to ask you, though, about Storm. Is uh, you've spoken in the past, and you've had a lot of hype for uh, virtual reality taking over as a, a major medium for the fandom itself, um, and yes. being able to embody your persona. So, yes, I wanted to kind of like pass the mic over to you and let you uh, envision our future for us in that regard. Okay, well, I will. All right, here's what I see happening in ten years in that regard. Uh, within ten years, I think most individuals will have a gigabit based internet connection at least, which will help for virtual reality. So virtual reality equipment costs will come down. And I believe that we will see a point in time where Second Life will basically become so immersive, it'll be damn near the first life for many people. And when you go into virtual reality, you'll be able to see and feel. So you predict you predict a comeback for Second Life, basically. Yes, I do. Uh, it may not be the actual Second Life company that does it. It may be something similar. But a virtual reality world where we could build, for example, our own nest. And Fleeks could build a 40,000-foot-tall tree that he pecks. And every time he pecks, it rains coins. And all these other craziness. Anything we want and to imagine. And I can imagine, actually vomit into my create. digital children's mouths to feed them. Oh, my God. Exactly. Exactly. And Please we don't be enthusiastic cars. about that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and we can smash car windows with natural occurring things. Oh, and it'll no. be great. <laughs> it'll be totally great. <laughs> going to have these little contests and games. I do think, well, uh, I honestly do think we will have, like, some sort of uh, fully immersive virtual experience. Probably, uh, probably just starting to eke into existence in about 10 years. Something where it's uh, not an over, you know, an over your head headset kind of thing, but more of an actual like, I want to say like plug in matrix style kind of thing, but something to that effect where you'll actually be able to kind of move your consciousness, consciousness into a more digital format. Does that make sense? Well, like you're, you're still going to be in control of your body, but you'll, you're the way you'll visualize things. You'll be in the digital world versus the physical how, world. how do you know that this isn't already the case and you just forgot about it? That The Matrix. Fuck. Enough said. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, how I think that will be facilitated, Core, is, in, is not just a headset. I think we'll wear full suits. Um, and, you know, that way... I picture more of a digital interface, that. probably somewhere connecting, like via the spine again very similar to the matrix just less uh, oh that that can eventually happen i just don't know if in 10 years we'll be there uh but you know hey who knows because if you can get to the point where technology can tap into your mind directly we are still uh, at a point of exponential growth where we have not started to plateau yet so it really is possible that you know we'll start to kind of see that stuff breaching into existence within 10 years like i said yeah, it, it's possible. I mean, you um, can already uh, control uh, devices with thoughts, theoretically. Yes, you can. So, We've actually had uh, that technology for the better part of uh, a little over a decade, I think. Um, yeah, they tried it on apes and it worked. They, they played Pong. It's learning software that uh, basically it maps the way your, your brain waves, the way they work. So, uh, for example, for a... Uh, paralyzed individual who can't speak or something to that effect 
what they do is they will hook up something that uh, can read the electronic signals going through your brain. And then that person has one task, and that task is to think the word yes or no or just you know a particular word over and over and over again for it's probably gotten a lot better, but when it first came out, it was for hours. You'd have to think the word yes, 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 yes. Again, for hours for that computer to start to recognize, okay, this is the synapses that are unique to them when they're thinking the word yes. And then slowly but surely, it'll move a cursor over to the yes side of the screen to confirm that that's what you're thinking. And then you think that again for no. You think no, 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 no. And again, it'll map that and then move the cursor to the no side. And then you can start to get more complex with it. And I think in this day and age, we are actually a little more complex where it's uh, quick. it picks up on that faster so you can communicate more effectively. Okay. But to that effect, that's talking about the digital world. And I think we do have a lot of development. We're going to come along in the digital world uh, for you know our fandom-based experience and just everybody in general, the gaming-based experience. Uh, Ready Player One will probably become a reality to some degree. But let's yep. talk more about the physical world. Fleeks. Oh, I can tell you. Yeah. Okay, go Fleeks. <laughs> what do you think uh, development-wise is going to happen in fursuits or even possibly art? Uh, I mean, they, they, are, they are already... Uh, fursuit-wise, there will be crazy things happening because furries are freaking nerds and they already do stuff that even where even like professional custom builder and animatronic people are like, oh, that's good. Oh, furries, man. You know what I mean? So, so, so animatronics, everything will be about animatronics. And maybe about tales that can be controlled by thoughts. You know what I mean? Like Thoughts or maybe emotions? Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Having a link to a way when someone's happy, their tail swishes automatically. I mean, that, that already is that there are those ears uh, from Japan that don't really work, I heard, but ah, seems like they react to brain waves and then they move and make emotion stuff. Mm -hmm. And art will, I, I think that I am. Um, Artificial intelligence will also play a role in uh, graphic programs. Like it, it already, it already kind of does. I mean, you you, you probably heard about smart scaling and um, smart content and stuff, where you just you have a photo and you want to remove a lamp, for example. What you're doing is to to put an uh, draw a line around the lamp and then clicking. Um, Smart fill or smart filling or you know smart content and stuff, and then it fill it overdraws that and it's like it was never there. You don't have to use your stamp tool anymore. That's already a thing that I think techniques like that will improve, and maybe there will also be some kind of I don't know program that fixes anatomy for you because it recognizes what you draw. And oh, oh, they he they they draw a hand. Uh, let's let's uh, make the proportions better. Oh, they they use they using that perspective. Let's give them what perspective about, lines and the system. What about taking it even further and having a piece of software that literally, you know, in your mind you can think up a beautiful image, I and think... the computer okay. can take that and translate that into an actual image that you want. 
I think it won't be a thing that will take place in the next 10 years, but I think AI will, AI can do a lot of art stuff because, I mean, you, you probably know Deep Dream and stuff. And they, they, you already can kind of produce art with AI through that. I mean, they put everything in docs in this uh, Deep Dream, uh, Dream Deeply thing, but uh, you, you, uh, Google Dream Deeply and you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. They put your photos in, into LSD trips. Basically, yes. <laughs> I like how they LSD. named it Deep Dream in like kind of almost homage to Deep Think from... Uh... Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> the answer yeah, really will yeah, be 42. But yeah, everything everything there is uh, dogs, kind of. AI's thinking in dogs at the moment. Well, something else I think that will change in 10 years is a couple core, uh, at least within the United States. I'm going to change in the next 10 years? No! Yes, I There's know. There's going to be two of me? Yep, you're going to have 15 cores. Nothing you can do about it. Christ. And you all have to sleep in the same bed at night. It'll be horrifying. So It'll just be a pile at that point. Yeah, pretty much. Though, your maid will be happy. She'll have endless choices every day. <laughs> so, uh, when it comes to th um, some things I think are going to change within the United States, I think within 10 years, we're going to see some kind of uh, single-payer healthcare option finally offered in the United States uh, just out of sheer necessity because of the cost of healthcare is going to is rising at such a rapid rate that the private sector is struggling to maintain a grip on it. So I, I think, think there's probably going to be a lot of governmental and political changes in the next 10 years. But I yeah. genuinely believe that, so I, so, which is a good thing, I think. I think it's out of necessity. I think that technology will force the change of higher education to the point that all these insane costs are going to finally come crashing down because instead of going to a campus and spending $40,000 a year, you'll be able to go online for, say, five grand a year or less in some cases and get the same, if not better, education because it will, through software, learn your weaknesses and challenge you in those areas and provide you content in a way that you learn best. Of course, there will still need to be a hybrid to that where for the people that need to learn in person, having some in-person classes with that will help. But this will drive costs drastically down. And in that I'm regard in to a lot of these changes, you know, such as with the, uh, the healthcare system, such as with the educational system that you're mentioning, uh, it's not going to be an idealistic. Oh, hey, we have a problem. Let's let's fix it. It's gonna. We're gonna go to a dark place before it gets fixed. Things are gonna get much worse before a revolution occurs, basically, and things change drastically in the in the cycle of g becoming better, like what Storm is describing. Yes, you, you never let you know. There are people politically that believe never let any good crisis go to waste. Uh, when it comes to wanting to make change. But I really believe that these changes I'm talking about are going to just happen out of natural economic necessity, in the case of higher education, out of uh, innovation. Because, I mean, ne nearly every college in the United States of size is already offering an online program, and it costs less to offer those programs. And demand... But they still charge you the same. 
uh, it depends on where you go. For example, I'm considering going to Western Governors University, and it costs a little over five grand a um, a year for my bachelor's degree education, and everything's offered online. So it it just varies where you go and what it's accredited and competition in this regard will help us here fair enough because uh, yeah you know i don't know about you but i don't want to graduate with tons of student loan debt and i know a lot of people that are just getting ready to go to college that are really thinking about the dollars and cents and want to go with not only the best option for them where they're going to learn but you know what's going to leave them in a good financial position when they're done I and agree. that's going to drive change yeah and in Germany, we don't pay anything for university, and it works. Like, and we have a lot of very uh, renominated uh, universities here, like Heidelberg or Humboldt University, and yeah, it's all paid by taxes. By yeah. Texas? Texas? Yeah, the taxpayer pays for. <laughs> I'm sorry, I for... Texas. I'm like. Texas is paying uh, yep. Germany's university bills? Okay, this is a new development. Please <laughs> no, continue. No, no, taxes. <laughs> taxes. taxes. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. taxes. Sorry. Tax. It's, that, <laughs> it's that tax on every bullet they sell in Texas. It goes to Germany to fund their higher education. <laughs> yeah, <literally>. yeah. <laughs> somehow they've... we've gone full circle. <laughs> yep, somehow. Uh, but yeah, on taxes, I, I do think we're in for a major change in that. Um, I, I think, and people aren't going to like this, I think... Yeah, within the U.S., because Europe, Europe and the rest of the world is kind of used to this already. I think in order to pay for the, uh, a properly balanced budget and such, our taxes are going to go up. I think our taxes are going to go up, sadly, quite drastically in some aspects. I'm not against that, though. If, if we are getting the services and they're being run in an efficient manner, you know, I, I would rather pay a higher tax to get universal health care than I would pay you know an arm and a leg to get private health care coverage that doesn't even cover everything so it's a given trade um i look forward to the future and i really think the next 10 years we are going to see changes there and when it comes to you know something you touched on earlier core about you know self-driving cars a bit i really think when it comes to personal transportation in general we are going to see stuff that's going to blow our fucking mind in the form of whether it be you whip out your phone and you summon, you know, a driverless car to come get you. Take you can already you do that go. with Teslas. Um, yes, you can do that with Teslas to an extent. Um, no, pretty much exactly uh, to, as you described. You can pull out your phone and summon your Tesla to you, or you could stop somewhere and tell your Tesla to go find a parking spot, and it will. Yes. Find a parking spot! <laughs> But the we future, there was an interesting yeah. debate about this in Chicago the um, on the radio the other day because the cost of parking in downtown gets so expensive during peak times that it literally would be cheaper for your self-driving Tesla to drive in circles around downtown Chicago than it would be to go and pay to park for the time you needed it. So uh, we're going to see some legislation in that, I predict. Probably. But and it sounds like your infrastructure just needs more parking spots. God. That's any major urban center in the world. Parking yeah. costs a fortune because the land is so expensive in these downtown highly desirable areas. But I really think that that leads into another thing that I'd like to touch on with you guys when it comes to personal transportation. And that is I really see, um, even in the United States, I see car ownership declining. 
because the the younger generation um, they're just when i talk to them and go to college with them etc they just aren't interested in vehicle ownership they're not interested in the cost of maintaining a car the insurance parking many of them would rather that i've met would rather live in an urban area such as say downtown chicago rent an apartment take mass transit and we're going to start seeing that really play into the market as to cars becoming more than just something you buy, but more so something you, say, rent on demand or lease for short periods of time. Yeah, I really see I that happening. I can see that as well. Um, it is already happening in many like more major metropolitan areas. Uh, in Salt Lake City, we have a cyclist system where you can rent a bike uh, for you know up to a whole day at a time. And at the end of the day, you just park it back in the bike rack it came from and do your thing. So that's one method of transportation. Uber has also really taken off, uh, more so than I think I like kind of expected it to after all the drama they've been through. But they're still going really strong here in Salt Lake City. And I know I have a few friends who just will not buy vehicles. And it's totally understandable because they are, one, outrageously priced. Two, we're not really making as much money as we should be to be able to afford those. Um, the only outliers to that situation are people who live in slightly more rural or suburban areas who have a larger commute, uh, such as myself. I have a vehicle out of necessity. If I could uh, not have a vehicle, if I could have an electric skateboard, if I could have a bicycle, I would do that. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I don't need electric a car skateboard at all. Thing. I've wanted one of those for a decade now. Oh. Uh... Yeah, I see. I, I see electric vehicles in general in all forms, whether it be cars, electric skateboards, bicycles, etc., really becoming in ten years, really becoming the norm. And you know, people that have traditional gasoline or diesel-based engines either have them for a specific need, or they live in such a rural area that nothing else is really feasible. Um, and strictly, I think it will become the norm because of operating costs. Uh, you know, the cost of recharging via electricity is pennies compared to, even in the U.S., putting in gasoline and then factoring in the maintenance of a gasoline engine with the oil changes and everything else that oh, wears yeah. out. It's Electric cars just are cheaper to operate in every aspect. So I, I think in 10 years' time uh, that we will really see this change. M throwing it over to you, Cor, for a bit here, I'm wondering, what do you think the changes in the next 10 years will be when it comes to, say, gaming. Uh, that's going to be very in line with uh, kind of how we describe the virtual reality thing. Um, we are going to have a lot more immersive experience. The VR headsets are already really kind of starting to take off as a new market. Uh, there's some really popular games out like Beat Saber for VR, and that game is a ton of fun. Um, but for developing... Like I said, it's only going to get more immersive and more plugged in. You're only going to get deeper into the game itself. That's what it's always been since the very beginning. You know, better graphics, better uh, software, better hardware to go alongside of it. And just we've been working on making them more and more in-depth. I think there will still be the few outlier games that are, you know, kind of retro throwbacks or, uh, you know, things that are not going to require or want you know the whole 3d immersive experience thing such as we have right now like there are games that come out that are still 2d platformers and you know they're a lot of fun but 
when the AAA titles really start to get into the uh, virtual reality, that's when things are going to start taking off even further and getting more immersive because then there's I think, profit and money to it. Sure. But I've got an interesting opinion on this because I do agree with you in the sense that that's going to happen. Okay. We are going to see development in that area without a doubt. But I think there's going to be almost a counterculture revolution where we have more and more people really becoming interested in and appreciating the art of just old-fashioned gaming, such as, you know, say, trading card games like Pokemon, for example, or Yu-Gi-Oh! Uh, the interest of being able to sit down, you have physical cards, and you just sit there and you play against another human being in pers person to person. And in more of a, a hologram that. sort of style, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I really see that happening, and just, you know, going with Drizzle, just a lot of these Pokemon championships and competitions and whatnot, I thought trading cards would have been going by way of the Dodo until I started going to these things, and it's <laughs> not. It is getting more and more interest every year, it and there's, there's an appreciation. stronger, yeah. Yeah. Like, 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 uh, for, like, for example, um, I mean, we are doing it over the internet, what is pretty mo modern, but uh, the D&D thing I have with Eclipse and stuff, that's also something a lot of people probably would think that's not a necess necessity anymore to do because of we have a lot of uh, really good RPG games and, and stuff like, like uh, the whole um, Elder Scrolls thing and stuff, but... No, no. But as you technology can't really replace as technology develops and as we have more options on how to play it, it only becomes stronger and you know more more yeah. fun to play because now you have just a wider range of options of people to play with versus your friends from school per se. Yeah, mm -hmm. the the analog stuff will never die out, even if you put it to digital means. If you ha if you use the help of digital means, correct. Like, I mean, so not, if you not were to take single... Pokemon cards, like every single Pokemon card ever, and put them into a digital form that your avatar could hold. That that would still be a thing, but then there would still be the physical forms and physical meetups too. That's not going to go away. Yeah, because because uh, that's the, the, the same. Like you can still buy CDs, like like uh, music CDs, and apparently records, which yeah. Is... High fidelity. Humans like to um, how's it called? They like to um, yeah own things like it's, physical things. It's like things. the digital books. Digital books, while they definitely did take off finally, it took them a very long time to actually kind of get their footing under them, because people just still inherently prefer physically owning the book itself. I still prefer owning a physical copy of yeah, the book itself. Yeah. Because that's that's a better alternative. Yeah. Because the, go ahead. I think especially paper books and stuff they have quite some advantages over um, over the digital versions because you you don't need battery, for example. 
Uh, and you you can you can uh, you feel the pages and it's it has more value kind of you know what i mean that's Digital exactly work. why the nook was actually kind of what took off with it because it had a papery feel you would physically flip the pages just about and they had a backlight and they were really quick to charge yeah, but it's only one in zeros that's that that's why they don't feel so valuable and that's why people don't really want to spend money for right, you don't have you don't feel like you have a copy of the book itself you could lose it well and, uh, see the, the see guys okay as someone who is friends with people that read for breakfast it's it's you know they they read because they love to read the the appeal to the kindle and the nook especially as you know yeah you can sign up for say a book club or an ebook service where you get so many books for a flat fee every month which is nice but the you can buy a digital copy that you'll own forever quote unquote as long as the company that you buy it from doesn't go out of business or you save the epub file somewhere this but the big appeal Life is brought to you by kindle exact or nook but yes or nook. but my biggest thing about the kindle or nook is if you buy the versions that are made with e-ink electronic ink is what the screen is called it is just as crisp and lifelike and beautiful as an actual printed book it's easy on your eyes right. the page changes quick i love it reading a book on a traditional kindle or um you like your phone pda etc that has a more traditional color screen it's not the same it's not the same level of crispness even if the screen is ultra high res e-ink really is the closest thing we have to electronically mimicking a printed sheet of paper. I, I and agree, and that was kind of the format power. I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, um, e ink is. Especially great. because you can have like a mild backlit screen, you know, to it. Mm -hmm. The biggest problem for me with uh, most like non e ink tablets for reading is they're just, you can get distracted. You can just flick a couple buttons and suddenly you're on the internet. You can be yeah. playing Angry Birds. In an instant. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's very true. Uh, or, or uh, the, 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 another problem is just the battery on classic, um, and that they get warm. Oh my god, do they get warm? But that's still something. I'm wondering if the if in ten years if there will be like phones that do not warm up when you use them. Oh, that'll like, be nice. Like, <laughs> because. I all the phones I had so far, they got like hot that I thought like, okay, is that still normal? Like, and then I read on the internet, yeah, it's normal. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think our cooling technology will get to the point where you won't notice it, but it, you know, you got to remember how much that you got going on in that little small space. It's impressive the kind of resources we have at our disposal right now. I still, I, I still want to want my phone to be called. I love, I love how Fleeks just goes, ah, you know, you know, twenty years of mobile innovation. Ah, I still want my phone to be called. <laughs> we each have our demands. I just want mine to have a bigger battery. Uh, you should go with Huawei, but I heard that they are not available as most of their models are restricted in... in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Huawei is just, oh my god. My I, I'm, I'm questioning how they can fit like in 3,000 
3000 battery in, in a phone that's the thinnest on the market, like, like almost. Like, and you're like, okay. Well, uh, I, I, it was crazy. Like, like I thought, like, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy how, how small battery, batteries become. Technology is weird, man. And it's not just that they can fit a battery that small. What really impresses me is that they can keep that battery at a safe temperature for operation in that tight of confines. Yes, the phone will warm up, but most of that phone warming up is actually from the CPU on the phone. From having to, like if you're playing a game or high definition video, it's harder on the CPU. But mm -hmm. still, the battery itself stays relatively cool. It really does. And which is good because if you got it against your leg and your pants pocket, you don't exactly want to blow it up these days. It's true. Or, um, you know, sitting on a hot dashboard. Yeah, you, you don't oh, want yeah. to have Note 7s in your pocket. <laughs> I, that yeah, was the one Samsung I was about ready to invest in, and then that started happening. Nope, never again. <laughs> never going to go that route again. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of LG. Everyone's got their brands they like, but for me... My, I've got an LG V30. It's oh, fantastic all day the battery life. I got the LG Thank You lately. That's my new phone. You got, you got the new one, so that's the... Um, this episode of BirdLife brought to you G7. by LG. I wish. Hey, uh, th uh, the, the Thank You, I, I compared with Huawei, it stinks. But I, but I needed a new phone, so... Huh. Dun -dun. I... I really like the level of innovation. I uh, think we'll get to the point where um, in 10 years where our cell phones dun, will literally be dun, able to... Okay, dun, yes. Dun, 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 Are you doing dun. it again? Core. Ah. Oh, shit. The squeaky and the thing you got me broke. It's not... No, it's supposed to squeak. Damn it. Are you not squeezing it correctly? This is Attack you... of the Birds. Ah! Thank you. I needed that. <laughs> an impromptu segment that my co-hosts never actually quite know about or when it's going to happen in fact you probably thought i forgot that we even had this oh jeez! i knew what was happening when you started this coming <laughs> off featured this week birds in the news peacock oh, destroys 500 dollars worth of booze in california liquor store yeah that's my kind of bird if i would be a peacock i would probably do that at first, Ronnie Ganem was excited when a female peacock wandered into the California liquor store he manages. He was like, whoa, a peacock. Immediately, as I noticed, I took out my phone and I was like, I gotta record this. My friends gotta see this. But then, it really hit. When, he took his, when it took its first flight, he realized it was going to be a problem. The peacock, or more accurately, peahen, strutted into the open door of the Royal Oaks liquor store in Arcadia on Monday and tried to take flight... A couple attempts to try to get the bird out of the store ended in failure. All we did was make the bird go crazy. So Ganem, a 21-year-old college student whose family runs the store, called for help. An animal control officer showed up with gloves and a fishing net. But that's when all hell broke loose. The first thing Ronnie Ganem did when he saw the bird was he whipped out his phone to film it. So when the Humane Society tried to get, it, get the bird with the fishing net, the bird kind of panicked and started jumping through the shelves. It was swimming through the bottles of liquor. Things were getting knocked down left and right, and I'm on either side of this counter just looking heartbroken every single time a bottle falls. This bird was having a party, guys. 
<laughs> Can you imagine that insurance claim? Can you imagine? Oh my god! Especially if he's got it on video. That is uh, as an insurance adjuster, you think, "Hey, I've seen it all," and then you get the claim in for Angry Bird destroys half a thousand dollars worth of liquor, and you're like, "God uh, damn!" Peacock <laughs> uh, damage is not not um, not tackled by our by your insurance. Uh, that's what they will say for probably. They'll probably yeah. try to excuse. You, oh, sorry, don't we don't have... cover Peacock insurance. Yeah, the the, the, yeah, the you don't have angry bird insurance. Extra premium. <laughs> All right. At the end of the day, they oh. did manage to get the bird and take it outside unharmed. But after ninety minutes of wrangling this bird, it broke five hundred dollars worth of the family store's best bottles, including champagne. But the hardest but part was probably trying to explain it to his boss slash uncle. I had to explain it for about three times for him to believe it. And I'm just like, turn on the news later. You'll see. <laughs> well, you got to admit, it, it, it is not something that kind of happens every day. But but that just goes to show you don't piss off the birds. Yeah. If a bird wants when to we buy booze, come... you sell it booze. That's right. When we come in for our friendly stroll, it's in your best interest just to sell us what we want or let us go looking because we're going to cluck your shit up. And it's not like we have to answer to the legal system or anything. You're just going to have to deal with it. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, the legal system is made of peacocks, so... Huh? Hey, but that does point. wrap it up for uh, Attack of the Birds this week. <laughs> so, Beakies, are you ready for questions from our loyal listeners? Uh, can we have unloyal listeners? Sure, we can start with the unloyals. I'm I'm yeah. just looking for the squeaky that in the chicken that storm got me. I'm really sad that I lost it. What the hell? But yes, I'll take Did questions. you take you took the squeaky out of the bunghole? I did no, it didn't have a it had one in his throat. Not his how butthole. did you How did you Well, I'm trying to imagine I don't where, know the where squeak, it went. The squeaker doesn't disappear. I honestly don't know where it went, Storm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know where the squeaky went. I didn't do anything with it. Gore's been doing things after dark with his squeaker toy that are not appropriate for bird nut life. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Jesus. Okay. Question is... First question comes from Eclipse. The question is, you each have a personal job, career, or interest. Do you foresee any changes for that subject in the next 10 years? For our own life or what? For our own lives, yes. For my own career, we're already having some weird but kind of cool changes. Drones uh, are kind of becoming a thing. For one, like we use drones, well, not me personally, but uh, more commonplace, it's actually becoming, uh, they use drones to deliver defibrillators to public places where someone's called 911 and they need a defibrillator because someone's having a heart attack. They can also do that with like basic meds and stuff like that too for certain situations, like epinephrine. Ooh, that's really good to know. I'm not sure where in the U.S., but there is some experimental like trials where they're doing this. Yeah. Uh, well, for- imagine those paramedics like 
being like uh, that they are involved in that and think that's really cool. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, there's another one that uh, is it Sweden or Switzerland? One of the two is doing where uh, it's they have the drones already. They're doing that, but now you can text them. So you can text a drone to come to your location using like a tracker service on your phone. So it's huh. already having some developments, and it's getting really cool. Kind of sounds like Sweden. Probably Sweden. Well, that seems like something they would do. For me, for the next 10 years, I could see myself going one of a couple ways. I'll either continue down the path of IT and um, land my dream position, which is to literally be the uh, manager of an IT department. That's one of the things I want to do. I'm good at project management, and running a team is something I would love to do one day. Or if I get tired of IT because, you know, things can happen, I might go down the path of becoming a pilot. That's an interesting yeah, diversion. Yeah. Yes. Now, would you be I, working I, commercially, or, like, what kind of pilot work are you looking to get into? It would be commercial. I would literally just be the guy that sits at the front of your local Boeing 747 flying to places. I love airplanes. I uh, The concept of flying is fun. I enjoy travel. So the lifestyle aspect of being a pilot certainly appeals to me. Um, it's always been you know, a potential in my career list. And well, you guys are going to laugh, but my third career option I actually would strongly consider among many, because I'm a person of many interests, it would literally be to be a meteorologist. Um, I'd love to be a storm chaser. You want to be a weatherman? I love the weather. <laughs> I really do. I am named Storm Griffin for a reason, okay? And it's, it's raining, man. Exactly. Hallelujah. It's raining griffins. It's raining griffins. Um, but literally being Storm Griffin, you know, chasing down a tornado, just it sounds fucking fascinating and awesome. And inevitably what I think is going to happen is over the course of my life, I'm going to end up just trying many different careers in addition to maybe just sticking with IT and just experiencing all that life has to offer. And so why the hell not, you know? <laughs> so that's what I see for my future. You know, honestly, I've kind of been recently evaluating like mortician as a career path for me, as weird as like a left field turn as that may be. But I think it's something I could do and do well and, like, not be freaked out by it, you know? Well, it's funny you say that. Um, it, that is a very fascinating job. If you love puzzles, it's a fascinating job as well because you can take that interest and you could go several directions with it yeah i could work and, either hospital or family like uh mortuary or uh even uh law enforcement mortician uh mortuary science yep and we have no shortage of people going to heaven so by all means um it takes a it really does it takes a special person to be able to deal with that on a day-to-day -day basis and not get emotionally bogged down by what you see. But I think especially in like the it, family practice, that would be hard. 
But if you're doing it in more of a hospital or police-controlled environment where you're not dealing with emotional family members, yeah, that would probably be a little easier. If you can handle being around dead bodies, that is. Mm-hmm. I, I well, have yet the, to really, truly face that, so I don't know. <laughs> the people I know that do it um, are really nerdy into it, and they they enjoy they enjoy it. One of them refers to herself jokingly as like a, a vampire, but it it's you see that's actually the other part of the aspect I'm afraid of, because I'm already kind of like I, I dig the the gothic lifestyle thing. You know, it's kind of been one of like the the backbone things that I've been into. And I'm afraid I'd get like weird with it. Like I'd like freak people out. I'd be like, okay, dead body time. Thanks for the new guy. And like get kind of vampiric or like just weird gothic on it and freak people out. Yeah, don't don't drink their blood. No, granted, I'm not going to do anything like that. But just, you know, the weird nerdiness of it would probably be a very like 180 to what people expect to someone who deals with dead bodies. I kind of imagine now you're that you're 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 go, going every time you're seeing a new corpse, you have a tiny little battle in you that says, "Hmm, eat a piece of the corpse or not." Hmm. God, no! What is with everybody <laughs> wanting to be cannibals around me? Stop that! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're a raven. That was all I was saying. No, I'm not cannibal. No, ew, gross. But yeah, core. Honestly, hey, if you think that might be something you're interested in, it doesn't hurt at all to ask if you can do a walk in my shoes day. Yeah, with I've been uh, somebody about that, that does this, because a lot of them are hungry for fresh talent, and <laughs> they love. Did you say hungry on purpose? <laughs> I think he did. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but but in all seriousness, no. They're they're hungry. For, they're hungry for fresh talent because there's not a lot of people going into this very niche field, and you can make a very comfortable living doing it too. You really can. It's true. So, it's a hey. it's about a sixty thousand dollar a year job, depending on what you do. I lost. Uh, okay, that's, that's 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 not a bad payment, right? In the United States, sixty grand a year is average middle class. You can, if you know how to budget, live decently comfortable. I know some people think you're rich at sixty, but I can assure you, by the time you pay for a house, car, and everything else, it. Eh, no, you you're not. Stuff. You're not. You're not. Sixty thousand no, is kind of enough for one person to live off of comfortably during their life. Yeah, if you're trying to raise a family on sixty thousand. You're 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 pinching pennies pretty hardcore in yep. the U.S. Yep. Yeah. So, um, Fleeks, you answer the question. What do you think? Uh, Next ten it, years, your personal job, career, interest. Do you think it'll stay the same? Change? What do you think will happen? Uh, since I aspire to become uh, most the artist and my own boss. I think uh, the, 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 the the shitty things that will happen is no n new legislations that make my uh, that make being on yourself either easier or worse. Like I'm thankful for all the privacy um, protection laws and stuff, but it makes owning a website in Germany or in the EU pretty hard now. So. Uh, yeah, 
I I really have no idea how uh, how my whatever I'm doing to earn money will be influenced in the future. But I hope it will be influenced with more creative ideas. Okay. I think there's a lot of developments for you to look into for uh, exciting uh, futures. New, new printing techniques. New printing techniques is something because I love to produce merchandise. And especially, I could be uh, self-producing um, if, if, if they somehow manage to get out consumer-friendly uh, laser cutters or 3D printer. And that, that's still, still a bit like in, in progress. I think there are already some home builder laser cutters, but you pay like uh, five thousand for them at least. Whoa! And that's still too much for me. But I, I bet in in the future, laser cutters will get really cheap. Three D printer will be like as normal as an offset printer, or a, you know, as an inkjet printer or something. And I think there will be more technologies coming out that makes people like me able to to uh, use the creative work to um to get uh, to ma make their own uh, physical merchandise and i also think um a more negative thing is that all those like uh, companies like adobe and stuff they they, they it has advantages and disadvantages, but they started to every every software, every artist software or stuff like that, and not every, but a lot of of the stuff, um, is now for subscription. So yeah, after a while, you're paying a lot. The the, the advantage is the advantage is that you will always have support because you're paying monthly and they want to keep you. But and of course updates are more regular because they don't need to calculate. Oh, can we? Ah, oh, yeah. They get regular income instead of one-time income, so they can afford support for longer. I think the software as a I think the software as a service model or software as a subscription model is mm -hmm. here to stay. It lowers the point of entry because I know many artists that can't afford. Um, the 300 plus to some cases $700 for the full Adobe suite, but they mm -hmm. can't afford to pay 30 bucks a month. And yes, they will end up making a lot more money off you if you stay with that 30-ish plus, it mm -hmm. goes even higher, dollars a month plan because you're paying that for all eternity till you cancel. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's kind of everyone's doing it. It's what the public has the now, public has stated they wanted, so I don't. But I'm condone it up front. But there is another option, a more piratical option, to get the kind of software you need. If you know what I'm saying, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And <laughs> while I'm not condoning it, give it a try. Maybe give it a try. <laughs> yeah, there are many people. Listen, listen. There are many people I know that take all we'll call it alternative means to get their software. Um, honestly, if you're a broke college student or you're just starting out, I, I really, I'm, I'm to the point where you can't really blame you because it's so goddamn expensive. But right. if you oh. reach the point where you are making a good living, it is in your interest to get a legal license, uh. especially since 
you the, the, let's be honest this is your tool of the trade this is what you used to make that living so supporting the company that makes the tool you need to do your job makes sense for business it allows them to keep doing updates and it's better for everyone no, so no, no, basically no, 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 try it is, if you like it when you can buy it the funny right. thing is if, if you're a student then maybe um, you get a lot of software for free. Adobe, for example. Oh, yeah, yeah. take advantage Adobe of your student stuff cheap. as much as you can. Adobe does it super cheap, but yeah, they, for some students, you get the Adobe suit uh, free, the whole whole thing, the whole, the whole programs. The reason behind that is, uh, but also for Microsoft 360 and stuff, they, they give you free the, the, the stuff for free. The reason behind that is, that they want to win you over if you're if you finish with university and that you, that you are using their programs so you can practically evaluate it and train it while you're at university but afterwards you have to pay the normal price and that's how they get you but then you're hooked correct you need it yeah correct you and, you know, they make it they make it such an industry standard that once you get hooked on it, once you learn how to use it, learn how to have all the features of the software, you don't want to leave. And in the case with me, I have the full Adobe Creative Suite. I've had it for over a year. Um, I get half off because of my student discount, but it's still $25 a month. Um, but yes, I get access to every fucking program they make as part of that, as part of their student plan. So, you know, I, I can see the temptation. I really can. Because, you know, the more I get into these programs, the more Drizzle uses it, the more you, you get into their ecosystem. They, they they got you by the balls. They really do. And unless you want to learn a new program all over again and the learning curve, most people just want to get out there and make money. They don't want to relearn the wheel. But, but, I, but I also have to say that Adobe is just one of the best. Uh, creative suits you can can get. I, uh, there are other alternatives, especially for drawing. Uh, but for for example, for vectors, I would only use Illustrator because the the other programs have too much weaknesses. And I'm also used to Illustrator because Illustrator is a beast with that can do so much stuff. But um, uh. It's it's so hard to learn, and I learned it for the last like fifteen years. So, ah. Now yeah, let me I ask know, you I can this. understand that. Like that's kind of how I'm hooked on Adobe products too. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, uh, Peck Peck. Coming full circle here, back to the original question: If you had to do something else, some different type of career aside from being an artist, what would it be? Uh, um, pro I would I would probably uh do do my science routes more and figure out chemistry and stuff because it interests me. Uh, pharmacy, pharmacy is something that pharmaceutical stuff is something I'm very interested in. So I can I can understand I mean, that. Yeah. Yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, it's it's quite interesting, like like uh, to know how you can combine chemicals to produce other chemicals and how they are working on your body and stuff. The only yeah, the medicinal uh, medicinal stuff is not the part I really like, but I I just like the mixing liquids together itself. and make them. Hmm? 
the chemistry aspect itself. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, just to to be able to uh, tell people how inaccurate, for example, Breaking Bad is and stuff, you know. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Weird priorities, but okay. Hey, that's, that's, that's hey. a cool thing to do, to say, to ruin their experience by saying, ah, that's not possible, that's total bullshit. <laughs> you heard it, he just wants to ruin your experiences, people. Yeah. That's right. That's right. No, it's so, still a, it's still a damn good um, series. Like Breaking Bad is my favorite show, I think. So despite inaccuracies, oh, it's it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's insane in the best way possible. It truly is. Um, it's such a good show, hands down. So I want to get to one final question, if you guys don't mind. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. The question is from Reg Day. Question is. If you could go 10 years back in time to your previous selves, what is one piece of advice you would say to yourselves and to each other's younger selves? God, I always have a problem with... Invest in bitcoins. Yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. If (laughs) If I could go back 10 years, I would tell myself to, um... Honestly, uh, <laughs> see, uh, on the one hand, I'm where I am today because of the successes and failures I made. Along That's the way. exactly how I feel as okay. well, Storm. And then okay. Fleeks comes along and says, invest in Bitcoin, and I can't do anything but agree with him. Right. Do you see my But conundrum? if I had to do, yeah, I see what the conundrum. What I would do if I went back 10 years, I would tell myself to um, spend more time investing with my family, with my um my grandfather especially, or my grandfather on my uh, mother's side, my grandmother on my uh, father's side, they've now sadly passed away. And if I knew then what I knew now about, you know, what's truly important in life is not material possessions. It's the people that are closest to your heart, whether that be family, whether that be really close friends. Um, I think I would be an even better person today than I already am. So that's what I would tell myself. I got no follow-up for that. Sorry. It's good. Yeah. Um, You don't really understand how important family is until you don't really have access to them anymore. (laughs) I just... I'm not trying to end on a negative note or anything. It's 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 more of you we're know. Just just it. We're ending reflection. on a somber note now. <laughs> yeah. So that that's what I would do. You know, Flakes would invest in Bitcoin. What would you do, Core? God. Well, <laughs> I'm in between you two. Like, I I also wouldn't change anything because if I changed anything, you know, I might not be where I am or who I am now. And I'm actually really proud of myself for where I am and who I am now in life. Um, there's always improvements that could be made, but not by changing the past, but by changing the present and working towards a better future. But at the same time, I completely agree. You need to invest in your family while you have the opportunity because they won't always be there. And if I was magically sent back in time 10 years, bet your fucking ass I would invest in Bitcoin. God damn it, fleeks. (laughs) (sighs) Uh, <laughs> leave it 
Leave it to Pet Pet Peck Peck to you know provide advice we all sadly can't disagree with. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, damn you, Peck Peck. And we know exactly when to sell it for the maximum profit now too. Fuck. Yeah. And you can play lots too. You can you can give yourself a lot of numbers. That's even easier. <laughs> True. Just get all the Mega Millions lottery numbers. Just be the luckiest person in the world. How does he do it? Yeah, 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 yeah you, 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 you play one once. to win the checkpot two times in a row. Two times? Try 12. No, if you do it too that many would, times, that the government would make people suspicious. <laughs> but they would have to do an investigation. How are you doing this? We don't understand. How's it happening? I'm just lucky. And that's, I'm just super lucky. That's what I it would be. Stop. You would just be super lucky because there's no way they would believe you. I'm a time traveler from the future. I travel back in time. I know exactly what lottery dates. Da 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 da. There's not even legislation built up for that. Time travel isn't illegal oh. yet, guys. Hey. Oh. Neither is time, time travel. There countries where time travel is illegal. Okay. Hey, actually, all of our Peacock listeners, since you're all lawyers, every single one of you, we all know this. I want you to look through the books and tell me where that may come up false. Where. Uh, in my logic, might time traveling be considered illegal if you're trying to gain an advantage uh, financially? Would that be considered insider trading? Because, like, would it? Could it be? Possibly. I don't know. You tell me. You're the lawyers. Go. <laughs> oh, beyond. That, that's beyond. <laughs> Hell yes. Hell yeah. It takes insider trading to a degree that is unfathomable. But You're, you're not technically is... an insider. You're just... Exactly. Exactly. You're an extra cider. It's called Spirit of the Law, Jackass. Spirit <laughs> of the Law. <laughs> oh, okay. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoy the episodes and you want to help support the show and help us continue to grow and get better and better, you can do that by going to patreon.com slash birdlifepodcast, all one word. And you can donate as little as a dollar a month. And seriously, even the dollar a month amounts help significantly. We truly appreciate them. Uh, you yep. can also subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Thanks for joining us. And remember, always be beeping. Always be beeping. Always be snuggling. Just getting final touches set up here. Touch, 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 touch. Pokes, touch. It's like hosting a show with a bunch of children. That's exactly what it is. We are a bunch of children.